Sit up at the table. Don't chew with your mouth open. Use your knife and fork. Do you wash your hands? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option coming to you courtesy of Immaculata Productions. I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. If you like our work, you might care to subs uh, subscribe, uh, contribute via Patreon or PayPal, make a comment in the comment box, constructive comment. Always remember us in your prayers. Eating isn't just eating, is it? I mean, unless you're out in the wild. You see that film Grey? You see that film Grey where they're nearly eaten by the wolves with Liam Neeson? I don't think he was eaten by a wolf, although, I don't know, perhaps some people would have preferred that he would be, but he wasn't. Generally, eating with other people is attended by a degree of ceremony. And we were all taught that when we were young. Manners we were given may have been belt and braces, basic, but they were manners. There was a certain secular liturgy around eating. And I wonder if it's even entirely secular. Is there not a quality of the sacred, even if a group of atheists are dining together? So, at the very least, one shouldn't disgust others at the table. I mean, isn't that the basics, you know, or poison others? So your hands should be washed, right? Preferably your face as well, if you don't mind. You shouldn't smell. Generally, in Western culture, I'm not sure about this right across the world, you don't break wind at the table. You don't scratch at the table. You don't chew with your mouth open because nobody really wants to be looking into a human washing machine while they're trying to eat their own meal. You don't gesture with a sharp object at the table, and that's very primitive. So you don't use your knife to gesture. So. Listen now to what I'm saying to you, okay? Because it sounds like you're on West Side Story, the uncut version. You don't jab with the fork, you know, with a bit of sausage hanging off it. You know, you don't, you, you, you don't do that. And, and, it, and the manners get more and more refined. Now, what, why am I going on about this? Uh, because I'm going to go on yet again about something that we need to be giving a lot more thought to. You see, I think that manners at the table have a civilizing effect on a whole household. I think that that sacred ceremony, even in a household that is not believing or in any way conscious of, of participating in a sacred ritual, that sacred ceremony has a civilizing and uh, a gentling effect on the whole family. I've noticed it in schools. If you can civilise the canteen, you can civilise the school. If people are behaving like a pack of savages, where food is consumed together, you can be sure the same attitudes are going to seep into every aspect of school life. I, I don't have studies to prove this to you off the top of my head. I've seen it with my own eyes. Ask any teacher. Why are so many people impatient with a discussion of the sacred etiquette around the meal that follows on the on the representation on the on the on the presence of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the altar? 
Why do people assume that that, that would not be sound, surrounded by, at the very minimum, a civilised level of decorum? I mean, why would that be? Yet I see, I see people receive... I see people receive the body of their saviour. I see people receive the sacrificial flesh from the smoking altar in their hand as if they were taking their change at a till. A greasy till, I would hazard. Adding the half pence to the pence. We are going to have to have a much longer and more detailed conversation about this. I remember, is it Julie Burchill, the, the English journalist? I think she brought out a book on manners. Um, in which she discussed the correct way to eat peas. And there was some ridicule of that. I, I, I would consider that if you love food and if you love company and if you love sharing a meal, that you should be willing to get into the correct way of eating peas so that you don't disgust people around you, so that there's a lovely atmosphere, so that there's an aesthetic, an air of effortless refinement. And refinement never comes without effort in human beings. I suggest that a considerable amount of the problems we have with a lack of the sense of sacred at mass, with a lack of an air of recollection, with a lack of a mood of the sacred, are generating from the way we're treating the, the, the consecrated host. I think that's a symptom of something bigger, but actually I think you've hit the master vampire. I think it's the origin, and I would put it down to just a... a bog-standard loss of faith, I'm afraid. And so, could I ask that at the very minimum the Lord be given the same courtesy we would give each other where we're meeting each other for dinner? Now, the Mass is not simply a sacred meal. The Mass is the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ present on the altar. But a meal is generated from it. Yeah? A meal is part of the Mass, integral to the sacrifice. Well, if you were going out for dinner nowadays, you'd shower, wouldn't you, generally? You'd probably change your clothes. If you're going out to a restaurant, you probably would do those things unless you were well dressed already or. And you, even if you were, I mean, if you were coming from work, you'd probably prefer to have had a chance to shower first. Maybe be nicely dressed. You would attend the thing with a certain ceremony. So might I put it to you that if everyone in the church decided they would at least give that level of courtesy to the Eucharist, it could transform the experience of the Mass for everyone present. So how would that look? Well, for a start, it would mean that you would dress properly for Mass. The Protestants are still good for this. We've become appalling. So you would dress to go to Mass on Sunday or Saturday evening. You would dress for it properly. I would suggest a gentleman that's shirt and tie, even still where the open neck shirts have become popular. 
for the ladies I couldn't prescribe I couldn't possibly hope to prescribe but they'll they, they'll know what I mean you make sure if you're going to receive that you have fasted for at least an hour and if at all possible I would fast for a few hours beforehand in fact the young Catholics who seem to be up for anything these days uh, if you can fast from midnight I'd do it I mean, we're hearing now about intermittent fasting for our health. So do intermittent fasting for the Eucharist, for your spiritual health, and fast from midnight. You can, you know, have a few swings of water if you absolutely have to in order to carry you on. No, I would, I would, I would do that. Yeah, I would do something along those lines. And make sure you've been to confession. If if you have any mortal sins, and it's very hard to go for any length without a mortal sin, yeah, I would, I would start to be talking like this. You translate the normal courtesies that are observed for a nice meal out. You translate them into the spiritual. So not entirely, because I'm talking about dressing up, talking about washings. You, you know you. You're going to dress up, presumably, you know, nowadays, anyway, you shower beforehand and, you know, make yourself presentable, shave if you're a sort of, you, you don't wish to wear a beard and, and whatever, you know. And that you would not go to communion unless you have fasted and unless you have uh, been confessed, if you've committed any mortal sins. I, th I, th I think you should absolutely make that decision. Now, the point has been very well made that it was much easier for people in the past to choose not to receive because the fast was there. And if people didn't receive, it was most easily assumed by those around them that they weren't receiving because they had broken their fast or hadn't fasted, which is quite common. Now, if you don't receive, you're afraid that people will assume you've been up to God knows what. If we were to get more back into a mentality of uh, observing the fast, it would protect people's privacy and make it easier for them to make a crucial decision as part of one's attending Mass to receive or not to receive. So you dress up physically and spiritually. You wash physically and spiritually. You, you don't go to a meal with others to sit there like a dumb ox and say nothing right through the meal. Because good conversation is a part of a meal out with friends. So you die to yourself a little to make the meal work and to make it pleasant for everyone around you. So go to Mass to die to yourself a little out of good manners and talk to God instead of constantly talking to yourself or talking to your friends around you, and decide when you're in the church that you will talk to no other creature while you are in the church. You will only address the deity outside of where the liturgy requires that you refer to those around you, such as uh, in the confitior, at the sign of peace, and, and so on. Right? Now, nowadays, the emphasis is very much on... Um, it's more on the meal 
It is in some ways very, very, very Protestant, and and the, the 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 complaints of those who are attached to the TLM around this are well worth listening to. On this, I'm not saying they're always right. I'm saying it's worth listening to. We go to mass to worship God together. To worship God together, so go to mass. Have manners at mass. Don't engage in profane conversation. I, I would suggest maybe we shouldn't even... All right, I'm, I know I'm throwing this stuff out at you. I would suggest that we should not just fast from food beforehand. We should fast from all profane influence. So you shouldn't listen to the radio or television. You shouldn't even listen to something edifying. On, I, well, I, I'm probably not right on that. I mean, couldn't you probably listen to a theological thing or a spiritual thing on the YouTube or on whatever... Yeah, you could do that, but nothing of a worldly nature. And remember, you know, the ancient hymn of St. Germanus, uh, the, the, the focus in that, that um, CD they brought out, Origins, have the most gorgeous folk take on that hymn. I think the tune is by Ralph Vaughan Williams. Let all mortal flesh keep silence. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a magnificent hymn. Let all mortal flesh keep silence. Don't engage in conversation. And don't engage in idle conversation before. And take to heart St. Benedict's words to his monks. And remember that all of these orders from a very early period had oblate and third order components. Because lay people wanted to be part of that as well. No vain words and idle conversation. So fast from that for at least an hour beforehand. Make no criticism of anyone. Uh, make no ill-tempered remarks. Will you, will you give some thought to this? I'm talking about, they used to talk about, you know the grand silence in monasteries? The solemn silence? I'm talking about a grand fast, a preparation, a spiritual sprucing up, washing and dressing and getting ready for Mass. I'm talking about a grand fast for at least an hour before Mass. If you can stand it from midnight. If you can stick it. I'm saying that to the young crowd now because you're young and you're, you're, you're fit for this. I'm old and I probably, you know, have fits and be carried roaring into the nearest A&E. But I mean, you're young, okay? So, ye can stand this. You fast from food. You fast from all profane influences. I, 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 think, I think I'm making a very... Reasonable point here. We need to get our manners straight for the Eucharist. Or we'll keep committing sacrilege. Now, the last time I talked about the actual means of reception, this time I'm, I'm casting the net wider. A comprehensive preparation. Is this every time I go to communion? Yeah, this is every time you go to communion. So if you shouldn't be going as often, well, fair enough. I'd like you to go often. I'd like you to go every day. But I, th I think you shouldn't be going. I shouldn't be saying Mass without this kind of preparation. And do I always do this? No, I don't. I'm not judging you. I'm preaching to myself and to you that maybe we need to... Not so much that we're so bad, but just that we're not so good. 
We need to up our game. I suggest moving up one gear. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.